0: pn 1000 guys have the night off you'll hear them though before the new year they'll be filling in for cap and jay hood on both wednesday and thursday so it is not the end of hearing bleck and abdallah before the new year 312-332-3776 any of your thoughts on what's happening with the bears we'll talk a little bit about what happened too and MLB free agency because it was quite a, a busy week and weekend for both teams in town. So we'll tell you a little bit more about Andrew Benintendi as well as Dansby Swanson. Um, but the Bears, they, they fall to the Eagles 25 to 20, the final score at Soldier Field. And you saw two quarterbacks, the, the two that I said earlier in the show. I think we're going to see that midfield meeting between those two, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields, a lot. Over these next couple of years because right now those are the two quarterbacks with the brightest future in the NFC for the foreseeable future. Who knows maybe you'll see like a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud get drafted into the NFC and and join that mix. But right now it's a pretty weak crop of quarterbacks and I think we're going to see a lot of Justin Fields and a lot of Jalen Hurts head-to-head meetings. That was the prevailing thought I had leaving that game and seeing those two meet up at midfield after the game. So... Matt Eberflus met with the media earlier today. He's also going to meet with them tomorrow. We'll also hear from Justin Fields tomorrow with the short week going up against the Bills on Saturday. So everything gets kind of shuffled around a little bit. And he was asked because, again, one thing that we're continuing to monitor with Justin Fields over the rest of the season is what is he going to be like as a passer moving forward? Here's Matt Eberflus on Justin Fields and going through his progressions.
1: Um, I just think he's progressing in that way. He's, he's doing a really good job with that. I think yesterday, obviously, with that good defensive line they had, he didn't have a lot of time when we were uh, you know dropping back. You know, they did a really good job, like you guys said, with stunts, and that was uh, you know, something that we uh, obviously noticed during the game. Um, but uh, when he does have time, I think he uh, does a really good job of progressing through his uh, reads and delivering the ball on time. You know, it's like the the first one, that first third down he made. Uh, you know, the St. Brown when St. Brown got hurt, um, that was an excellent pass and an excellent timing. And I thought his rhythm was really good.
0: That's Matt Iberflus talking about Justin Fields and developing as a passer, and even not just that, but I, I think that you look at the touchdown pass too, and just making some of the easy plays. And sometimes he makes some of the easy plays look a little more difficult. I mean, you saw the sidearm release that he had there, and he's got that in his arsenal now. The one thing, all right, and I know he has been much scrutinized so far on on this program today, but one thing that Mitchell and Desplains did say earlier, talking about the screen passes that Justin Fields hasn't really thrown this year. Those need to get better. Right now, the amount of times we've seen a screen pass from Justin Fields go nose first into the dirt or lead his receiver out of whack, I mean, Chase Claypool, a number of times this season, we've seen him have to make an acrobatic lunge to try to catch one of these screen passes. And sometimes it takes these guys out of the rhythm of the play. They're moving away from the line of scrimmage as opposed to you kind of want to circle around it and get a little bit of upfield momentum. And he kind of takes his guys out of that. That's something that Justin Fields certainly needs to improve on. And I think he'd tell you the same thing too. But right now... If one of your major criticisms of him as a passer is improving as a screen thrower, I think you'll take that right now. It certainly is something that needs to get better, but it's one of the, on my concern list, it's not very high in terms of how we can develop Justin Fields into one of the elite passers in the NFL. So we also saw two. Justin Fields went down... In that game, late in the game, it, it, the game was starting to get a little out of hand at that point. It was a double-digit lead for the Eagles at the time. And we saw Fields go down with some cramping, and this was Matt Eberflus talking about some of the constant cramping that we've seen out of Justin Fields this season.
1: Yeah, I think that uh, you have to look at it. You know, I think the performance and the training staff, you know, get together with him and, and let's have a conversation. And I know they've had those conversations. They've um, done a pretty good job of that. And again, it's happened a couple times. So he's just got to be mindful of it and, uh, you know, come up with a plan. You know, it's a good plan that works for him, you know, because uh, his body is different than everybody else's body. And uh, it's also the conditions. You know, the conditions are different. Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. You know, it, you know the weather was, you know, pretty cold yesterday. You know, So uh, we'll just come up with a good plan.
0: And I think that's another thing. When you think about Justin Fields and what he did at Ohio State versus what he's doing now on the NFL level, you're seeing that influx in running. And it's not just, oh, we're running. No, these are all-out sprints and cuts that Justin Fields is making. And that's going to take its toll on the body. And cramping certainly something that's going to be a part of that equation. So I think it's one of those things where if you get Justin Fields more acclimated to this style of football that he's playing. And again, I don't think we're going to see a thousand yard season after a thousand yard season, after a thousand yard season. I think you'll see some of that get supplemented into some passing yards. But if you're going to see him make some of these highlight real runs, these 50 yard runs yesterday, he had almost a 40 yard run. That was almost a touchdown um, for the bears yesterday. I think that, you're going to see less and less of that because he is going to be throwing the ball more and having to do less and less with his legs moving forward. Um, Injuries, certainly something that are going to be a part of the equation with him moving forward. It's going to be a part of the equation for any football player. And certainly with the style of football that he plays, with running the football as much as he does, again, you just hope that he's smart about it. And I think that you're seeing him get better. Like, we want to talk about the development in him as a passer, development with him as a runner, as a leader, whatever. I think another thing that you're seeing is him developing into a smarter runner, too. We're not seeing him take as many of the big hits that we saw him take earlier. The only times he really takes some of these hits are if, A, it's a late hit, or B, it's It's a gotta-have-it contact play that he's running through. I think back to that Lions game. You had to get that one yard to get into the end zone, right? So you're going to sacrifice the contact and sacrifice your body a little bit more so you can get your body into the end zone and put six up for your team. And I think that we're seeing him get smarter and smarter with that moving forward. Um, But Matt Iberflus earlier today did address that on the concern of Justin Fields' Potentially getting hurt down the road.
1: Of course, uh, we're always. I'm always concerned about Fields. I mean, that's going to be the, the quarterback, the franchise quarterback. That's a big. That is a big issue always. You know, so we're always looking to protect him and do a better job of that. And certainly need to do a better job than we did yesterday. But uh, um, that's. We always look at that going forward.
0: So that's Matt Ubrufu's talking about the injuries suffered by Justin Fields, and and really, you look on the other side too. Jalen Hurts. They announced today, uh, looking like a sprained shoulder for Hurts his situation is up in the air for this weekend in a big game against the Cowboys and it doesn't look like Jalen Hurts is going to play if you're following the odds uh, in terms of the the line spread as well as the MVP odds as well all that sort of indicates that things are shifting over towards the other side so it'll probably not be him it'll probably be Gardner Minshew moving forward but a lot of injuries in yesterday's game and it wasn't just seeing fields go down, it wasn't just seeing Hurts get injured, but the Bears at the receiver position as well. Matt Eberflus talked about the wide receiver room and it's starting to get particularly thin over the course of the game and this season.
1: We're hopeful, like I said uh, yesterday, you know, that uh, Harry and, and Clay come back. We'll see where they are. Um, it's, it's trending in the right direction. We'll see where that goes. Um, but we'll know more as the week goes on. Again, we got Simba. Simba came up uh, and did a nice job yesterday. Did a good job catching a couple passes. Did a nice job on special teams, you know. So it's uh, whenever you have injuries, it's just you know next man up. And again, uh, sometimes it's uh, you know guys that are in that 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 pair in a spare role. You know, they were not even the backup, but the backup to the backup, and that, and that happens. That's happened to us a couple times. But uh, the guy's got to play, you know. And it's a great time to evaluate them and see what they can do.
0: That right there, I mean, you look at, he brought up Simba Webster, too. I don't think 95% of Bears fans, and that's probably a conservative number right there, knew who Simba Webster was before kickoff. I mean, you saw a little bit of him in the preseason this year. He actually had a couple of flashy plays over the course of the preseason. But this is a a receiver room right now that is undoubtedly The worst in all of football. When you look at your leading receiver yesterday was Byron Pringle. Byron Pringle. And you look at the rest of the the names that caught passes from Justin Fields yesterday. David Montgomery, obviously a a household name, but that's because of what he does at the running back position. Cole Komet, Equinemius St. Brown, Simba Webster, Dante Pettis, and Valus Jones Jr., that's the crop of receivers that Justin Fields is working with, and the fact that he can elevate these guys even slightly right now is miraculous. At least in my eyes, it is. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to get your thoughts in on the Bears, one more thing I want to play from Eberflus from earlier today. And you know, a lot of people are talking about how what is Matt Eberflus shown you as a coach this season? I think there's a couple of things that. I point to as, all right, that's a sign of a good coach. One, the discipline has been much better this season as it was in comparison to what Matt Nagy and company were doing. And Eberflus certainly had a track record of that when you look back at some of the Colts' defensive penalty stats from seasons when he was the defensive coordinator. Those things, I think you can make the parallel there. But uh, there's that. I think there's the smoothing over of the Tevin Jenkins situation, which obviously after yesterday on an unfortunate situation where he gets carted off with the neck injury. But I I look at how he smoothed that situation over. I think if you, if you pulled bears fans back during training camp would Tevin Jenkins be on the roster right now in week 15, you may have gotten a 50 50 split of whether or not he would be a member of the bears. Even Tevin Jenkins didn't know whether or not he was going to be a member of the bears. But now all of a sudden, he's your best offensive lineman. And quite frankly, it doesn't even look that close right now. It's just unfortunate that he went down with the injury yesterday, and we don't know exactly what his status is going to be like moving forward. But the third thing that I would point to and why I'm actually optimistic for what Matt Eberflus could be as a a coach, he's a defensive-minded guy. And one of the guys who had a really, really rough start to the season – was Kyler Gordon. Now you see him go out yesterday, he gets the interception and he did a ton of other things too. He also recovered a fumble and he's just playing better. He was the guy that got picked on game after game after game to open up the season and now he's a guy that you see quarterbacks they're not picking on him much or as near, nearly as much as what we saw earlier on in the season. This was Matt Eberflus talking about Kyler Gordon's growth on the defensive side of the basketball of the the football
1: yeah I thought it was good you know I thought it was good I thought it showed good maturity uh, for him to take that time off and then be able to stay focused and have that energy that he had um, I thought he tackled you know solidly he was good there you know the one deep ball to, to uh, Smith you know he's just got to be able to play that a little bit better he's got to pin him on the sideline when you get him to the oh, inside the red line there um, and then play the ball you know, I thought our guys, our defensive backs, we really worked on it hard last week about our defensive backs playing the ball so they wouldn't get DPI. You know, so uh, like for example, I think the week before, I think it was uh, Jones had one. They didn't look back for the ball. I think it was, but uh, so we worked hard on that, and I thought our guys did a good job of playing the ball and also covering their guys. So that was impressive to see. I want to say we at least had three of those like that. So uh, that was good.
0: That's Matt Eberflus talking about what he's seen. Out of Kyler Gordon and his improvement over the course of the season. 312 332 3776. I see your Bears calls. We will get to those on the other side. Tyler Aki in for Black and Abdallah.
1: You're listening to Black and Abdallah on, on ESPN 1000. 1000, Chicago's home for sports.
2: This is Chicago's home for sports.
1: Black and Abdallah, ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2.
0: Black and Abdallah have the night off. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys, talking all things bears and more with you. 312 332 3776. That's where we find Keith. He's in Evergreen Park. Keith. You're on Black and Abdallah. Hey, what's up, guys? What's going on, Keith?
3: Hey, buddy. I listen to your show, guys, all the time, man. I'm just at home right now, listening to you, watching the game. Question, man, I need to find out. Um, I watched you guys this week play, the Eagles. I'm not a Bears fan, but, you know, I root you guys on. You know, I mean, pretty much all my neighbors are Bears fans. I'm a Cincinnati guy. And I want you to know, I root you on. I, I, I like Fields. He's, he's your future. But here's the thing. I need to know. Are you guys going to try this week? Is that team going to try to beat the Buffalo Bills? You had the Eagles. You had you had the fans. You had the weather, Chicago. You had the lakefront. You had the wind. You had that game. Justin didn't go down, you were in that game. You would have won that game. That would have been the biggest upset of the week. But you know something? I think you could beat the Bills. But the question is, are, you, are the Eagles with the mentality going to try to beat the Bills? Or are they going to try to go for the draft pick? Because I picked you guys to beat the Bills to help my Bengals out. Because we, I need some help. And you guys got the talent. I keep hearing we don't got no receivers. We don't got this. I'm used to having teams that don't have anybody. And you still go out there as a team and you fight. Now, here's the thing. You got fans that are paying out there, freezing to see their team. If you're not going to try, if you're going to lay down and die for a, wild, for a wild card pick, you know, you don't necessarily mean you're going to get the best guy out there. Sometimes the stars are picked later in the rounds. And I think after what you did to the Eagles, I think you got enough talent with what you have right now. Just if you ran the ball and used the cold of Mother Nature, you'll win that game because the Bills are coming off a game in the cold against Miami that they're physically beat down already. And on the short week, I think you got that game. So between your quarterback talent, your your running talent, and the fans and, the, and everything else, the elements, you shouldn't have to re- re- rely on the receivers. And only go to them if you get an opportunity. Because the cold is going to take out digs. He won't last four quarters. The hands are going to be dropping balls. I mean, this is football. This is this is the, how it is in this time of year for football. And you got more than enough talent what you have right now to win that game. But are you guys going to try? That's what I need to know. Because I actually laid money down on you guys this week.
0: Believe uh, appreci- that you're going to win. Yeah, thanks for the call, Keith. Uh, listen, this team's trying to win. All right? I, I just think... Kind of what what my whole mantra has been with for this Bears team down the stretch as people are always talking about jockeying for draft position is the losses are going to take care of themselves. All right? When you you put the two teams on paper, Bears and Bills, there's no question who the more talented team is. When you look at the the Bears and the Vikings, there's no question in my mind who the more talented team is. And I think we're at the point now too – especially with the way that injuries have trended, there's no question who the better team is between the Bears and the Lions right now. The Lions are playing some of the best football in the entire league at this point. They have been fantastic over their last seven, eight games. And I just think that, sure, could the Bears go out and win one of these games down the stretch? I think they certainly could. They've hung around in all of these games. They've been close enough in all of these games. I just think that when you look at... Are they trying or not? Yes, the Bears are trying, and hopefully things are going to be a little bit better because especially in this game against the Bills, who knows what the weather conditions are going to be like. Now, for anyone saying that's going to be an advantage for the Bears, not really because if you look at what Buffalo goes through week after week, it's it's the same thing. It's actually from a snow front. As someone who lived in central New York for four years, the snow, there's a lot more snow out in Buffalo. But it does get a lot colder here in Chicago than it does out in upstate New York. That's just from my my four years of experience of living out there. But I, I also think that this team has enough to maybe hang around with the Bills. And we saw how weather certainly played a factor in week one. Kind of neutralizes the playing field a little bit. We saw how it impacted the game week one in the monsoon against a much better San Francisco 49ers team. But... We also know that hey, it's Josh Allen. It's the Bills. They're used to playing in weather like this. It's no real surprise, in, in my opinion. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be. I think the reason why the Bears pull an upset over the Buffalo Bills three one two three three two three seven seven six. I mentioned the Bears looking to get a little bit healthier this week too. Um, Khalil Herbert has been cleared to return to practice this week, so we could see Khalil Herbert add to the Bears rushing attack um this week, which I mean you add his dimension to to things and maybe it takes some of the burden off of what Fields needs to do running the football. But that's certainly going to be fun to monitor and watch this week. Three one two, three three two, three seven seven six. Marcus in Minneapolis listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's going on, Marcus?
4: What's up, Tyler? Thanks for taking my
0: call, man. And of course, what you got for us?
4: I want to ask you a question. I want to get your honest opinion on something. I hate to carry over a a different show to you you guys, to you, but um, I I just want to get your opinion. So earlier I was listening to Cap and Jay Hood. And Cap uh, last week brought up that he was at some event and some scout said the roster is so bad, it's going to be three years before we even compete in the playoffs for a playoff spot. So I questioned Cap on it. I said, the Bears do have... I'm not saying that they have a good roster, but we have the resources this off season with money and draft picks to turn it around. The NFL is the most, is the quickest turnaround lead that we have. If we can agree on that, like mm-hmm. we see a lot no of works to first place every year. So when Cap and, and and they what they do on the show, of course they give you thirty seconds of talking, hang up on you. But I love those. And then guys. the
0: timer runs out, right, Marcus? And then the timer runs out, right. Yep. So they, they they they
4: question what I said after I after they hang up, so I can't respond. So, but anyway, what what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is, um, at the beginning of the year, they're saying, well, the Eagles have a way better roster at the beginning of the year. No one. Thought the Eagles, wanted, Eagles were going to be the Eagles that they are right now. We were probably thinking, ah, oh, that probably be the lower half of the league. No one knows that. Like you don't. You're know. talking about for this if, season? Yeah, for this season. At I think people were
0: optimistic that the Eagles could be. I don't think people thought, oh, they'll be 13 and one as we get he, to week 15. Mean. But I, I, don't, I think more. people thought they, they could win the NFC. They could win the certainly the in the conversation for the NFC East.
4: Okay, I can give you that. Yes, NFCs wasn't like a super, like one team wasn't right. dominating, which is my point about the Bears, though. That's what I made about the Bears. I said, well, we can – I'm not saying we'll be Super Bowl contenders, but with a great off season, I think the Bears can compete for the division. The Green Bay is on the downside. Uh, the, the Vikings, they have a good record, but no one thinks that they're a, a great team, you know. And then you got the Lions. They're up and coming, but – I mean, they were one in one in six, I think, five games ago. So they're just getting hot in the middle of the season. So I just don't understand why why it, it, they think it's going to take so long three years like to <laughs> to compete for a playoff spot. Like the division could be average next year, and the Bears it could be a, a nine win play a uh, win division team next yeah. year. I don't, I don't think it's crazy. I don't know. The Bears are competing in every game. No team's blowing us out. So, I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Man.
0: Yeah. I uh, appreciate the phone call, Marcus. My big thing with what this Bears team and how they get better for next year is that I look at how much bad is currently littered across the roster. And you can look at the free agency pool this year and say, you know what? Nothing really pops off the page at me. There's nothing spectacular out there. But... If you replace bad with average, what's this Bears team's record right now? They're not a three-win team, I'll tell you that. If you sprinkle in a little more average onto this Bears roster in terms of talent and get rid of some of the bad, maybe those guys are second, third-string guys on the team. If you get more average on this roster, I think no doubt in my mind, this team has at least six wins. No doubt. I mean, you don't play this many close games With this many players that just aren't NFL starting caliber players on other rosters. You don't get to do that and have three wins with the way that this team has been playing offense. There's bad on the offensive side of the ball. And we've seen how many 30-point games this season for the Bears? I think it's showing you a lot in terms of coaching. And just what Justin Fields is as a quarterback as well. That gives you some promise, gives you some hope for what this team can be moving forward. And, I mean, Marcus talked about the parity, the turnover that happens with the with the National Football League year to year. Look at how much a quarterback changes a team. Look at the Bengals last year. When Joe Burrow became Joe Burrow, that's the team that went to the Super Bowl. And, yes, he had a little bit of help because he, he did get... Jamar Chase into the mix as well. That certainly helped him. But there are a lot of other areas on that team that weren't shored up. And it was a lot of Joe Burrow carrying that team. He was sacked seven times against the Titans in the playoff game. And they still came away with the victory. Look at what Jacksonville's doing right now. Look how important the quarterback position is. Jacksonville, they made some tweaks in the offseason. They didn't do a lot of earth-shattering moves. Like, you brought in Christian Kirk. You did have the number one overall pick. You you scooped up Trayvon Walker with that. You've got some other nice pieces that you brought in, too. You changed the coach from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson. All of that happened in the offseason. But none of that is groundbreaking stuff, right? I guess the biggest thing you could point to was bringing in Doug Peterson, a, a coach that has won a Super Bowl before. But what happened was the quarterback is playing at the caliber that you expected him to be when you drafted him number one overall. And when you did that, it's turned into a lot of wins for this Jacksonville team as of late. I mean, we've seen a switch flip there for this Jacksonville Jaguars team. They've gone out and won four of their last six and right now are looking like a much better football team and a team that could sneak its way into the playoffs as well. So I think that the Bears have that part of the equation figured out at quarterback right now. I'm not saying they're a piece or two away because that's not true. They're not a piece or two away. But you're going to have to fill in this roster with a lot more average and get rid of some of the bad. And if you go out and make a splash, make a... Grab a spectacular player, maybe there's a wide receiver that becomes available this offseason. Maybe you, you strike gold on a receiver in the in the draft. Who knows? But if I don't think the Bears are as far off as some people think. This is a team that should be in the playoff conversation next season and then should be in the Super Bowl conversation from year 2024 and on, as long as Justin Fields is the quarterback of this football team 312-332-3776 we will take more of your calls coming up next also want to dip into the free agency conversation on the baseball side of things as well dansby swanson and andrew benintendi coming to the city of chicago for different teams we'll talk about all that and more when we come back on black and abdallah you're
1: listening to black and abdallah on on ESPN espn 1000 chicago's home for sports
0: Hey, the soundtrack to your summer returns in 2023. Country Thunder is back, returning to Twin Lakes July 20th through the 23rd with an all-star lineup released so far. Headliners include Cody Johnson, John Party, Jason Aldean, and Keith Urban, plus an outstanding cast that includes Carly Pearce, Ashley McBride, and more. And just announced the addition of Parker McCollum and Bailey Zimmerman as well. Don't get the same old boring holiday gifts this year. Go to countrythunder.com and reserve your spot at the party. Tickets and camping packages.
3: When you're at home,
1: don't miss Black and Abdallah. Tell your smart speaker to play play. play ESPN 1000.
2: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN
4: 1000.
0: the night off. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys today. Week 15 coming to a close here in the National Football League. Packers with the 3-0 lead over the LA Rams at the moment on Monday Night Football. Okay, so before we get into some free agency stuff, actually, I, I do want to squeeze a quick call in here. Nick is in Indiana. Nick, you're on Black and Abdallah. What's going on?
4: Good evening, Tyler. How's it going, Nick? Uh, all right. I, I wanted to ask you a question while you're in there. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to happen with college basketball, since football's been focused on so much, with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten? What kind of challenges that's going to change for them for their future?
0: I don't think there's necessarily challenges, Nick. I I actually love this for the Big Ten. Like, all this conference realignment obviously is centered around what – football revenue is going to bring, right? Like you think about the sec adding Texas and Oklahoma. Yes. All these are football incentive moves, right? But I think at the other, on the other side of things, the second most important sport is what happens on the basketball side. And I think adding USC and UCLA to the, the big Ten, like USC has been a tournament team pretty frequently as of late, UCLA obviously has the history and now they're having the success I think these are home run additions for the Big Ten, not just on the football side of things, but on the the basketball side as well. I mean, UCLA's got the tradition. I think now when you look at the um, recruiting, what that can do, not only are you going to be able to get kids on the West Coast, but you're going to start to dip your toe towards the the Midwest as well and, and start to get some of these guys from some of these bigger programs um, high school wise, like there, there's a big school in Indiana, La Lumiere, who produces some fantastic talent. I think you can get more of those sort of kids. You can go out and recruit more heavily in Chicago as well. I, I I think this is a an excellent move for both of these schools as well as for the Big Ten. I think everyone wins here.
4: Yeah, it just it just seemed to me like it could be something where uh, either they could get hurt or they could hurt the Midwest with the challenges. Uh, of not only because of the ex, uh, additional travel, but the way that it's going to affect their potential recruiting base.
0: Yeah. And also I'd like to give a shout-out to the Twitchers. Of course. Shout-out to the Twitch ch- chat, uh, twitch.tv slash ESPN1000Chicago. Thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a good night. That's Nick. He's in the Twitch chat as well uh ESPN one thousand Chicago there. All right. So there were some other big news in Chicago over the weekend on the baseball front of things. We had two big signings within the city. Both were one on each end, I should say. First the the biggest one in terms of dollars and cents and years, Dansby Swanson heading over to the Chicago Cubs, seven years, $177 million. He will solidify a middle infield tandem along with Nico Horner that will be the best in baseball from a defensive standpoint in a year where baseball is undergoing some changes that are more defensive minded. And the Cubs get one of the marquee free agents at the shortstop position for this season. But it it still, as a Cubs fan myself, leaves me wanting more from this team. Because, sure, Dansby Swanson coming off of a fantastic season last year, hit 277, 25 home runs. There were some clutch home runs in there, too. He, there was a series against the Mets late in the season where Dansby homered in all three games of a sweep against the Mets, and that's what catapulted Atlanta over the Mets at that time in the NL East. I think that while Dansby Swanson unquestionably makes this team better than it was yesterday, I'm still, as a Cubs fan, having wishes that it were Carlos Correa, that it were Trey Turner, that it were even Xander Bogarts. You got the fourth out of four options in my eyes in Dansby Swanson. Fantastic defensive player. Don't get me wrong. The the best of, of the the there with Carlos Correa in terms of the best defensively um, among that crop of shortstops there. But when you look at the offensive numbers, and this is a Cubs team that certainly needs to get better offensively because we, we did see the pitching start to show something towards the end of the season last year, especially with some of the younger guys. But you heard Sylvie bring up the question, is Dansby Swanson the Carlos Boozer of this class? And he is staunchly saying, no, he's not. He's a big fan of the Dansby Swanson move. And I think for the price, yeah, 177 for seven years, I don't mind it. But you didn't get the top guy. You didn't get the top three guys. You got the fourth guy. I, I like Dansby Swanson as a player, but I still see other. there were better options out there, and you finish in fourth in terms of going out and getting a shortstop in this season. You look at the OPS plus numbers that Dansby's had over the course of his career. Seven seasons in, in the bigs. He's had an OPS plus above 100 just three times. What's OPS plus? It's a metric that kind of, like, 100 is average, okay? 100 is dead average. He's had an OPS plus above one hundred, which is a, a park-factored, it adjusts to the, the player's ballpark that they're playing in it for each individual game, based on uh, your OPS statistics. He's had an OPS plus above 100. So above average, OPS plus, he's had it three times. Those three seasons, his rookie season, where he only played in 38 games, had 145 played appearances. And the pandemic shortened 60-game season. And then last season. A contract season for him. Those are your three where he's had an OPS plus above 100. So while Dansby Swanson made you a better baseball team from year to year, you still need to improve offensively. There needs to be some other additions around this that supplement things offensively. And maybe you're playing the long game. Maybe you're looking at next year and saying, you know what? We think we've got a really strong shot at bringing Shohei Otani to Chicago. And maybe you do. But this team still has a lot to go offensively. And a big thing that I want to see is Dansby Swanson continue to have this offensive production. Because he's really only shown it in one season. He showed it last year. Contract season. And I I do like the length of the contract. I'm not a huge proponent of handing out the 10, 11, 13 years that the other shortstops got. But sometimes that is the price to pay. If you want to shop at the elite store, sometimes you do have to get a little uncomfortable. Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers said years ago, if you want to be comfortable giving out contracts, be, prefer- be prepared to finish in second and third a lot in terms of trying to sign guys in those sort of bidding wars. Cause you're, if you're only going to be comfortable when you're giving out contracts, you're not going to get a lot of the guys that you want. You saw teams like the giants, the Phillies, the Padres, they all ponied up. And the Cubs did not. Sure, they spent. They certainly spent. But they didn't pony up like some of these other teams that are going to be winning a lot sooner than they are uh, did this offseason. 312 332 If you've got a thought on Dansby Swanson joining the, the Chicago Cubs, again, I like the move. It just wasn't the best move that they could have gotten at the shortstop position for this year. The other move. Andrew Benintendi coming to the White Sox. And I'm actually a, a big fan of this move. I've always really, like, really liked what Andrew Benintendi has been as a baseball player. Solid glove out in left field. Contact hitter, which this team so desperately needs. And it feels like you killed a couple birds with just one stone here. Benintendi, good contact bat. He's going to hit a top of the lineup for you, in the, probably in the two spot for this team. And on top of that, I think he's going to bring some lefty power to this lineup that was missing. Because you look at the at guaranteed rate field, one of the friendliest to left-handed power, the third friendly, friendliest in all of baseball to left-handed power and left-handed, left-handed hitters hitting home runs. That's what Andrew Benintendi is bringing to this team. And for a team that needs an infusion of power, After not hitting home runs a season ago, I think Andrew Benintendi, I'm not saying he's going to go out there and hit 30 home runs, but I don't think it's an unreasonable uh, expectation to see him become a 20 home run hitter consistently in guaranteed rate field. I like the prospects of it. I love the move for the White Sox, and I think it did a lot. I think it really did for this White Sox team moving forward into 2023. There's still plenty of work to be done, though, because it has been a relatively stagnant offseason for the Sox. But they did hand out the largest contract in their franchise's history in free agency with Benintendi. Five years, $75 million. All right, when we come back, I've got a question that I want to ask. Am I a bad neighbor? Am I a bad neighbor? Because of something that I've noticed that's been happening in the neighborhood over the last couple of weeks now. That's coming up next on Black and Abdallah. You are listening to Black and Abdallah.
4: ESPN
1: 1000. Chicago's home for sports.
0: Guys, this Christmas, give her the next best thing to wear nothing at all. Soft, silky, naturally nude pajamas exclusively available at Pajamagram. Sensuous and smooth, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. She'll love the feeling of wearing next to nothing at all. And if you order today, Pajamagram will include a free match naturally nude 90 that's a $75 saving on a best-selling holiday gift yes ordering today gets you a free $75 90 best of all pajamagram does the wrapping for you with free gift packaging in a year filled with the unexpected get her something she can count on but you need to order today because last year they sold out before christmas here's what you do go to pajamagram.com right now that's pajamagram.com to order naturally nude pajamas and tell them chris bleck sent you
1: This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000.
5: I'd like you to meet someone who's really special.
1: It's Black and Abdallah. A
5: real inspiration.
1: Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago.
0: Thank you to Nick Moxala and Kendra Smith for producing tonight's show. Tyler Rocky in for Bleck and Abdallah. If you missed anything, be sure to check out the Bleck and Abdallah podcast on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you will hear from both Bleck and Abdallah over the course of this week. They'll be filling in for Cap and J Hood Wednesday and Thursday. So be sure to give that a listen and make that the start to your day like you do every single day, 7 to 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000. All right. Nick, Kendra, we're all generally the same age right here. I've got a question for you because I need to know if I'm a bad neighbor. All right. We're all cut from the the Gen Z cloth, right? Like we're nosing the phones at all time. Don't want any sort of social interaction with anyone unless it's on social media. Couldn't all have that a stuff, too far kind of right? Thing, yeah. Exactly. My, our screen times are through the roof when we get those weekly reports every single week, right? Um, so, my apartment, it, it's I've got like a little walk up to to my unit, and then beneath us is a garden unit. All right, so. We had when we moved in two years ago. There was a family that lived there. They'd been living there for like seven years, and they just moved out. I want to say maybe like two, three months ago. All right. New people have moved in. Uh oh. About a month ago, I think. No, a little less than a month ago. Probably about three weeks ago. We haven't seen them. We, we have not seen them come in, come out. We just saw a moving truck out there one day, and then the door was propped open. But am I a bad neighbor for
5: not going
0: down there and knocking on the door and introducing myself?
5: How long ago were you given this news that you have new tenants in the building? Well, we were never given news. We were just
0: like, there's lights on, there's blinds and everything. Like You can just tell there's people down there. But am I a bad neighbor for not going down there knocking on the door and introducing myself.
2: Did somebody introduce themselves to you when no. you moved in? Then no. I would say that's maybe not the environment that you're living in. Now it would be different if you moved into a neighborhood and everybody came over and and, and introduced themselves and that's they kind of set the tone of what you should expect. But if they didn't, then it would just be personal preference. If if you think you should go introduce yourself, see who your new neighbors are, make sure they're um you know, not one of those Netflix movies. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't want to stereotype anybody, but you know what type of Netflix movie I'm mm-hmm. talking about.
0: Then yeah. You, then
5: you should do it. All right. It's also not one of those, like, apartment buildings, it seems like, where they hand no. out flyers. Like, you're a part of the winning team. and you. Yeah, kind of no, like... no,
0: it's not one of those. It's uh, it, It's literally just our unit and then the garden unit below. So there are, are two, like, groups, I guess you could say, living in that sort of building for that
5: time the most cordial my old building mates and i would get is if we had to like exchange quarters at the washing machine in the basement yeah. i feel like the pressure isn't as there isn't there because it's one of those it's like a chicago apartment building right right yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the pressure's mm-hmm. a little bit off in that sense okay
0: yeah because and then the other question too is has too much time now elapsed for me to go down introduce myself
5: I think so. I think quite like possibly. It, unless hit- you had a plan, like a muffin
0: basket, in right. hand
5: or something like that. I don't
0: like. I, I think too much time has also elapsed for me to just go down and knock on the door. My roommates are not into it. They 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 have zero. I mean, I've told you about them before. They they're just thumbing away at Fortnite for for the into the dark hours of the night.
5: But get their screen name. Maybe maybe they'll the effort forth that they have the screen name of the people. If they have the downstairs, games. yeah. yeah. The I don't game, know. Maybe. I
0: don't know if they're gamers downstairs. Um, but
2: but you say you haven't seen them, so you don't know if it's young, old. You, exactly. You have zero idea, and I'm terrified
0: to on. find out too. Plus, here's the other thing too that I, I've I've thought about: people don't knock on each other's doors anymore. Like if someone were to knock on my door, I'd be more scared to go answer it than than like eager to go answer like when i was a kid i was someone knocked on the door rang the doorbell i was always eager to like oh who's here but now it's just like
5: i don't know with phones and everything it's like who's here it becomes it feels very Netflixy when you hear someone knock at the door it's like a change right. of plot like yeah, where's my exactly. day going now who's yeah. here
0: and here's the other part too so the people that lived beneath me before they always left the door like in the summertime they always left their door open like door was literally open because they had a dog, and so like whenever you walk through the the gate or whatever, the dog would hear like the the metal bang together, and the dog would come running out to you, right? And now it's just a weird, different dynamic because that door is closed the all the time. the sway of the building. And is like off now. obviously it's it's the winter too, so obviously you're keeping that door closed. But even when it was still kind of nice out the door was always closed so it's just like a different vibe down there
5: is there a communal hibachi grill or something in the, in the patio or something that you might be able to kind of congregate we over do, in the summer when the we weather gets we share a backyard
0: but there's nothing really else besides that a
5: lot of apartments in chicago and there's very weird things about these buildings that can tie people together like if, if there's even a painting in the hallway that's off it could strike up a conversation with someone you hadn't even known lived in the building for like five years
0: yeah i don't know i think i've reached the point of no return now can't introduce myself anymore but That's, i need
2: you to give more updates as you get to know these neighbors i need to know who they are are their families it just one i, I need it's to also the
0: point of the year two where we've been told that um like DePaul kids could be moving in for the next semester like maybe they went abroad because it's in lakeview so okay. like there's a lot of DePaul kids that live on my block it it could be the point of the year where, like,
5: there's someone moving in. So maybe September. they're here for, like, a little bit. Paul Alum September is a whole new ball game, Whole yeah. new places, whole new faces. You're going to get a whole new dynamic, I think, once yeah. school starts. All right.
0: That's it for Black and Abdallah. We will be back with you tomorrow from 7 to 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 1000 with Captain J. Hood. You're to You're Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000 Chicago's, Chicago's home for Sports. sports.